NEPA Scene Podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. Hi, I'm Brittany Boot, and I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. And we're here with uh, Ink Master contestant uh, Derek Zielinski, who is uh, the owner of uh, Glassheart Tattooing and Arts in Plains, mm -hmm. and an artist at uh, Classic Trilogy Tattoos in New York, which is... Uh, <clears throat> How we came to uh, to be on Ink Master, so we're going to obviously talk about what we can talk about the show because it's about to premiere next week. Uh, so there's a little embargo on certain details, but we'll try to get into as much as we can. And of course, his history as uh, an artist and uh, uh, the local tattoo uh, art scene in general. Uh, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. Now we want you to comment and ask questions throughout the show. Uh, we're going to get to those in a little bit. So uh, if you start leaving your uh, questions and comments now. Uh, we'll be able to read those later, and uh, maybe we'll uh, answer some of them for you live. Almost everything is off limits, too. I'll, ask, I'll answer just about everything. <laughs> just about everything. There's just. some stuff I won't answer due to contract or just due to the fact that, no, I don't want to answer it. <laughs> and it's, suspense. It's, since, yeah. we, since we didn't mention him the last time that he wasn't here, and so I don't want to get razzed again, uh, Johnny Popko couldn't make it tonight. Uh, our third co-host, because there needs to be at least three of us to do one job, you know? That's... Seriously. Johnny, we know you're going to fast forward right through like the first minute of this to make sure that we mention that you're not here. Right. Yeah, so... Thanks, Johnny. I haven't seen you in forever. Good, good job showing up. You're covered. You're good. You're in there. Johnny, text your questions to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let, let's let's get started with uh, the, uh, the obvious question. What why tattooing what made you get into uh, the tattoo arts um it's a common question actually it's really funny everybody's like oh how'd you become a tattooer and i'm like yeah. hanging out with tattoo artists and it sounds like <laughs> one of those like jerky answers where i just want to be a smart ass but it's actually right. true you know i was um <clears throat> i've been doing art for my whole life that i remember you know and uh <clears throat> promise i'll keep coughing and wheezing but uh, that was me about two weeks ago i couldn't stop the atmosphere is horrible <laughs> yeah um no i was i started getting tattooed when i was 19 by uh you know he was a okay tattooer you know kind of mediocre and then through him i met what are actual tattoo artists like good quality art makers you know and then i started getting tattooed by them and then after work every day i would just hang out in the shop draw with them and all that other stuff and then one of the guys in the in the room was like it's like oh man you got some cool stuff you ever think about being a tattooer and i was like no not really i said you know i considered body mods and stuff he's like oh i'm not gonna talk you out of what you want to do he's like but you draw good you should be a tattooer and i was like cool you want to teach me he's like no <laughs> so i was like why would you tell somebody to be a tattooer and then not teach them but it kind of put a spark in me and it took me about four years of searching which was kind of like half-assed searching i didn't really you know push for it but eventually i found an apprenticeship <clears throat> through a guy in georgia and uh started tattooing there and the rest is where we are today how long did you do that apprenticeship for uh six months What's typical? <laughs> nowadays, six months. Okay. Yeah. Um, everything's in fast forward nowadays, but a proper apprenticeship should take anywhere from a year. I've seen some guys go up to five years. That's what I was thinking. It was like really Yeah. Long. And if you go in the history of apprenticeship, not even just in tattooing, but in like craft making, like, you know, steel workers and mill workers right. or like steel and mill workers, but any kind of artist and craft, the apprentice can apprentice up to like 10, 20 years. He's considered the apprentice until the master dies, you know. Yeah. Tattooing kind of lost that edge. Nowadays, it seems like apprenticeships are being given away like candy, which kind of sucks for the industry. But, you know, if you get the drive and you want to learn, you'll you'll find somebody that's worth learning from. And <clears throat> uh, a couple of people that I've taught, they were like, you know, how do you get into this and how do you get an apprenticeship? And I was like, step one, be prepared to hear the word no. A lot. A lot, yeah, the you know? rejection. Yeah, anybody that's worth learning from is probably going to tell you no because they don't have enough time and they don't have enough resource because they're using it all. So right. 
it takes a while to get the proper one, but if you get it, it's worth it. So Now, did you have an idea of what kind of style that you wanted to tattoo in right away, or is that something that kind of developed over time for you? I think because of the people that I hung out with, I was very motivated by new school stuff back then, like early mm-hmm. 2000s new school, which was like a lot of like bubbly, cartoony stuff with illustrated thick lines and thin lines, which I kind of carry into my work nowadays. Um, but I was also a lot different then than I am now, so I was into a lot more like... It was more punk rock back then and into like ska movements and all the goofiness of that and like yeah you know skateboarding and skateboarding graphics and bmx and bmx graphics and use of corporate logos to make new logos so that kind of motivated a lot of what i was into then so i did a lot of like new school influence things but i still had to learn you know traditional and americana and stuff like that which motivates what i do now a lot more <clears throat> what are like the like the, the major styles uh, nowadays, who knows? Um, See, I'm like not familiar with anything. Just from watching a couple episodes of the show, like I've learned. Yeah, when you watch the show, you'll hear common things. You'll hear you hear re- uh, realism, which is uh, replication of phot- photography or like realistic elements, like where portraits. tattoos literally look like photos. Yeah. Um, portraits and things like that. Yeah. Uh, traditional, which is <clears throat> two forms. There's the uh, traditional American and then Japanese traditional. Both of them are, like, the traditional Americans based on Japanese traditional, which is just solid, clean lines, solid pack colors, and real clean, legible images. And traditional Americans, the, the sort of the same thing. And it's, like, just really good, clean, bold lines and a good balance of color and color pack. There's new school. There's neo-traditional. There's new traditional. There's biomech. There's bioorganic. There's illustrative realism. There's so many different genres. And, like, the new one, like, <clears throat> they're doing a lot called trash polka, which, from my understanding of reading, like, people who see trash polka, they see it. It's, like, realistic pictures with like crazy brush color over the top and lots of lettering and all this weird scatter stuff. And if I remember right, and I don't want people to quote me on this because I might do it wrong, but I followed the people that started doing that style and named it that. And <clears throat> they're, uh, I forgot which studio, which studio they're from all of a sudden. But I thought by reading their interviews, that was like a jab at the realism and tattoo industry. Like they were poking mm. fun at it. So they just called it trash polka, like kind of like a middle finger to the industry. <laughs> But it became its own style, you know, mm. and that kind of spawned watercolor style tattoos. And I don't know, man, it's all over the board nowadays. I was, gonna say, I was so unaware that there are so many different mm-hmm. kind of uh, <clears throat> styles to, to yeah. take the approach. And there's different tattooing. There's different artists that get into it, too. There's artists that do one thing and they do it really well. And then there's artists that do as much as they can and do that really well. You know, like from the beginning, I've been I'm picking my nose live. That's awesome. <laughs> my wife's crittling right we'll now. We'll zoom in on that. Yeah, my lady's, right, my lady's watching right now. <laughs> I'm like, Stop picking your nose. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's artists, they do one thing and they do it awesome and they're known for that. And then there's other artists that can do whatever comes their way and they kind of like, they're kind of like a floating ship. They just go and whatever's coming in the door, you know, and that's what I made my career out of. Early in my career, I learned that I needed to learn the fundamentals of traditional because line work is the most important thing to me. Like having good, clean, consistent mm-hmm. lines. And if you don't have that, your piece looks like crap to me. You know? No matter what style you're doing. Really. Yeah, for, for me, that's something, that's something that I've kept from the very beginning. Is like if your line work sucks, your tattoo sucks. You know, because a lot of what I do nowadays is session work. And if you send a tattoo out without good lines, it's going to look janky, it's going to look sketchy, mm-hmm. and people aren't going to be impressed. Like I've, I have one clients over just online work, which produces more good work, you know. And then... Um, but I became very familiar with a bunch of different styles because <clears throat> the shop that I started tattooing in in Georgia, we were in a one-horse town. We were the only shop. So we got there at noon, and you tattooed till the lobby was empty. And sometimes that was 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. you know. But if you didn't tattoo them, then you didn't make money. Yeah. So I became very versatile in a bunch of different styles. And then I also learned early 
uh, how to do cover-ups because cover-ups were a big thing then and they're a huge thing now. And people come with cover-ups and like, oh, I heard from so-and-so, I can only do this, that, and the other thing, and like I have to do black or I have to get it lasered. And I challenge people to bring me cover-ups. I got, I actually just started one the other day on my buddy Lou and it's probably one of the most challenging ones I've done yet. I'm legitimately covering up a half sleeve with a giant image. <laughs> That's where you see where your creativity really comes in. Yeah, you get, it's a knowledge of what's going to work, what's yeah. not going to work, how to make it work, how to work the imagery. Like, there's a lot, man, that comes into tattooing, and that's why, <clears throat> as a tattooer and any tattooers that might be watching, they understand the frustration when a client comes to us and the first thing out of their mouth is price. And, like, they want to know how cheap I can do something. And I'm like, you're buying our time and our experience. They don't realize well, the products that go into mm -hmm. what you're doing, the time that goes into what you're doing, and just the mental energy that goes into what you're doing. Yeah. And the time at home that, you know, that you might be spending. Yeah, doing homework and yeah. taking away from people. Yeah, definitely. People don't have... I'm, I'm familiar with that with my industry. People just don't have that mentality. Mm -hmm. It's an artist and craft. And, and then they'll like, squeeze everything out of you that they possibly can. Yeah, can I get this? Can I get this? And, yeah. I, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good with my clients. Like, I love my clients. You know, yeah. they're, they're the ones that keep me in business. They keep me functioning. They let me do the lifestyle I have. And it's amazing. But it's also like you're buying the time and the experience of the tattooer, whether it's me or some of the other locals or if you're going national, if you're going to Philly, if you're, wherever you're going to go. You have to consider that you're buying that person's experience and their time. And if they're giving it away cheap, you should probably question that because well, I think that's a that that reflects the quality mm -hmm. of what it they're does. doing and the, how they value their time. Yeah, it does. And, and I mean, I'm not saying there's no hookups. I mean, I I got regulars that have been tattooing for years, and yeah. of course they get a better price. There's ways to do that too. There's yeah. ways to kind of give people a deal mm -hmm. and uh, kind of go above and beyond for people yeah. every day without sacrificing mm -hmm. the time and the energy and the genuine quality that you put into what you're doing. Yeah, and I mean, the the video that I played, you know, you hear me talk about it, like, tattooing is an experience. Like, every tattoo that we wear, it's, they tell, they have the old thing, it's like, oh, every tattoo you wear is a story, and it's absolutely true. Like, any tattoo that somebody has in their body, you can ask them about it, and unless they were drunk, annihilated, or under some influence, they can tell you what was going on that day. Like, even outside of the tattoo, like, what they ate for breakfast, maybe, or what they did before the tattoo and what they got during the tattoo, who was in the shop, what the shop was like, what the music was playing, what the atmosphere was, you know, if they were sick, if they were cold, like there's stories involved in every tattoo from the smallest one to the biggest project. And that's another experience that you're getting, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I've got tattoos by some pretty reputable tattooers that I, I like less than the ones that I got by friends of mine that aren't as good, you know, or like silly ones, you know, <clears throat> just cause the the atmosphere and the environment like mm -hmm. people are like oh that tattooer kind of sucks man how is he so busy because he's probably a really cool person or she's a really right. cool person the atmosphere is amazing and it's a it's an overall experience right. you know so it's it's interesting there's so much stuff we're rambling on a rabbit trail i do that a lot just feel free to crack it up and be like that's dude what, back that's on what topic. we're here for yeah <laughs> hey derek we're over here <laughs> you know like <laughs> i do that a lot so. so is there uh, specific kinds of things that people come to you for that now you're, you're <clears throat> known for doing or things that you prefer to do? Um, the guys in my shop tell me that I'm known for like, you know, traditional and new traditional or like neo-traditional stuff, which I'm totally, I'm totally okay with. Um, people usually come to me because I have the ability to do this. Is so weird talking about myself this way. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, from my understanding, clients come to me because they know that what they're going to get is what they're going to get, if that makes sense. Like, right. if they ask me for something, I'm going to produce it, and I'm going to produce it to the best of my abilities, and that turns out well. Um, they're going to get a quality product. Um, I almost, I, I do a lot of inclusion with, if I say that right, yeah. Um, I include my clients in the design process. You know, like, mm -hmm. people come to the door for their appointments. I don't have a final sketch. Like, I don't have a hard line drawing most of the time. I don't have a full color rendering. 
I have the general idea and the general concept and I, I show them and then we go over it right there in person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what I'm considering. Do you like it? And most of the time they do nowadays. Like they're, they're a lot more confident in the work. So I'm a more established tattooer. Um, so I include them in the process, then I'll hardline it. And I make room for that time. Like, it's not like your appointment's at 12. Sometimes you don't get tattooed till two because we're refining and adjusting, but I've designed that to be that way, mm-hmm. which doesn't work for some guys. Some guys gotta have, you know, like my partner on the show. That's like one of the differences for us is like, I can do off the whim. You'd be like, hey, can you draw this on and tattoo it? Yeah, sure, take out the markers, we draw it, we start tattooing and I make it up as I go. He's like, sketch, refine sketch, hardline drawing, full color rendering, and he presents you with like a piece you can hang on your wall, because that's what he has to go by. And it's totally fine, you know? It's some artists work in different ways. So, yeah, people people come because of what I'm able to produce. I get a lot of people coming to me for cover-ups because I, I have pushed that a little further than some artists that I know. Um, I love the challenge of a cover-up, and I think the cover-ups almost give me more freedom for custom work than my custom work does, you know? Because with the custom work, with no cover-up, I'm in the parameters of what that person wants to see, but for a cover-up, the customer's almost in the parameters of what will work. Right. So it's a, it's it's like a back and forth. It's pretty interesting. So, how do you feel that you've grown <clears throat> as an artist over the last twelve years worth of experience? Oh, it's insane, man. The most growth so far has actually been probably, probably in the last. I do quick math. Six years, five, six years. Cool. Yeah. Since uh, my wife and I have been together now nine years, and I would say in the last easily seven to eight years I've done the most growth um and it's actually happened in this area and I won't go into details because there's certain platforms about things but there have been black marks on me in this area that I have taken care of and um it's changed me as a person it's changed me as an artist and it's changed me as a tattooer altogether because I made a lot of dumb mistakes that a lot of tattooers are making worldwide but it's the ones that make those mistakes and you know kind of get harped on and get destroyed over them and I've fixed myself from those mistakes and I've kind of like redeemed myself of them. And since then I've had my wife in my corner. You let me talk about my wife a lot. She's, you know, my, my best friend and my partner in crime. And she's helped, she's helped me get through that. Mm-hmm. And she's helped make me the better person I am today, which I talk about that all the time people. And I'm like, if you like who I am now, it's, you can thank my wife because she's <laughs> the one who's helped me get through it. But she, she really did. She, she stood there and like in the worst of it all, she stood there and she looked at me. She's like, you're not giving people what they deserve. You know, you're you're kind of molding yourself to fit what's coming in the door and not challenging yourself to be better. And that kind of motivated me to go through go through some things and to make myself better. So as a tattooer, most of my growth has come recently because I <clears throat> got rid of bad habits. I've got rid of, you know, old issues, old things and just crap that I carried for years that people consider everyday life or they're like, oh, it's just, you know, such and such being a guy or being an artist or being this, that, and the other thing when actually it's not, it's a, it was legit issues, you know? So once you get rid of those issues, then it opens up the door to grow and to move and to get better. So I'd say most of my progressions come in the past six years, both artistically, as a person, as a husband, as a dad, as a shop owner, you know, just everything. It's been really cool. I feel like as, as a person that's doing art and trying to uh, design their life around that being their career and mm-hmm. that being their lifestyle really it's more than a career it's a life yeah um, I don't feel like you can progress without a, like without reflecting on yourself and without reflecting on the things about yourself that you might not necessarily realize at the time are negative that's true you know you, you have you live your life every day and you get into these you're we're creatures of habit so you get into these habits that mm-hmm. kind of end up defining you <clears throat> yeah 
and it gets really confusing and complete fog you're almost living in you're like this is how my life is and you Mm -hmm. kind of have to take a step back and be like this is what I want to change and this is what I want to change and then the act of doing it Mm -hmm. and then you can reflect more and it's I think as artists we're lucky because we're able to see that in a visual progression and we're able to look back and see the differences in our work and not only um, like technically you know because the more you do something the better you get in, in a technical way but in an emotional way too, which mm-hmm. is, I think is like extremely fascinating. Yeah, it's true. Cause I mean, I've seen there's tattooers that I follow, there's painters that I follow and it's like, um, I can, if I can say his name out, like Sean Barber, for instance, is a painter out of California. He's also an art teacher and, um, he used to teach art down in Florida where I used to live like a little bit ahead of where I used to live. And as a painter, he even said it in one of his posts a long while back, he used to do these paintings of these, um, little baby dolls, like kind of like the old school, ba- creepy baby toys that they used to give girls or boys. And, um, he used to paint them as self-portraits and they were just miserable looking paintings with like <laughs> downtone stuff and as artists i mean we all go through that stage in the beginning trying to find who we are and um he would post them and i remember he posted one as like a throwback image one day and he was talking about he's like you know self-portrait from back when i've never i haven't painted these in a long time because i'm a totally different artist now i've mm-hmm. found things to do and i think that reflects in my work now too is i paint when i paint i paint a lot more things that are relative to my life like my paintings are not like my tattoos my paintings are you know more portrait portraiture or like life things and like a lot of my paintings are of my wife they're of my kid they're of my dogs they're of just a totally different outlet yeah things i enjoy and i, I it's <clears throat> i know it's weird as as cliche and silly as it sounds is i try to dump as much positive life into my work whether it be a painting or a drawing or a tattoo because it really does like it really does change a person's life and i i fight people all the time um, because of my beliefs, like I, I have, you know, I believe in uh, Christian belief systems, like the Judeo-Christian God and Jesus and all that stuff. And I face a lot of religious people throughout the years of, well, doesn't the Bible say that tattooing wrong or, you know, you're defiling your body? And I'm not going to go into huge theology, but it's kind of a twist on what those scriptures actually talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the one, most of the one that I understand quoted through Leviticus is about a pagan practice of worship. And then people say like, oh, it's a, <clears throat> it's a defiling of the human body. Like you're defiling your, your s- temple for the spirit. But those scriptures at that point were talking about church leaders who were still practicing um, like sex as a worship service and putting themselves who have made clean through Christ with a prostitute or with, you know, a dirty hooker or something I'll take like that. that out of context. Yeah. So, but when I face religious people, they're like, well, tattooing's wrong and this, that, and I could just never, and I'm like if you had the opportunity to see the lives changed by tattoos, you would have a totally different outlook on it. Like I use my wife, I use my buddy, Tom, <clears throat> not the one I'm on the show with this other guy, Tom, that I know. Um, I've used ex addicts. I've covered up track marks. I covered up just recently, actually, um, this young girl came to me. I'm one of the only people that probably would have tattooed her because she was doing highly visible tattoos as a minor. And as protocol, I usually don't tattoo minors where they can be, not covered up by professional attire but her mom told me the story of what she was doing she's actually signing up for the MEPS program for um, ROTC to get into the military and to get in there she had to cover up all her self-mutilation scars so that was both forearms it was wow. both legs it was her hip anywhere she could cut she had cut it gives me goosebumps and I've since then covered all those she was accepted into the program and she's now on her way to a career Wow. so for me when people want to challenge me being a believer and being a tattoo artist in the same respect, I challenge back and I'm like, talk to the people whose lives have been changed by a tattoo. Not even just me. Like I know there's other people out there that do it as well. And like bad tattoos 
or bad experience tattoos cover so much garbage and they can make a person feel like crap. So you're not seeing that person for who they are. And you give them a beautiful piece of artwork. And like I said, I'll take, for instance, like my wife or my buddy Tom or like, I think it's like two or three other people I've tattooed who for a while they had like self-image sort of problems. Like most women have self-image problems. I don't want to stereotype women, but they do. It's just a It's just the way of culture. Right. So like if a woman doesn't like her arms or she doesn't like her legs or something and you put like a really beautiful tattoo she's proud of, so when people are staring at her mm -hmm. arms, she knows they're not looking at her arms the way she sees them. She's looking at a tattoo. Or other people that might be socially awkward, and they're the dude standing in the corner or the girl sitting in the chair by herself, and you give them a big, beautiful tattoo that's visible, people are looking at it, and it can almost bring them out of their shell. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll be like, hey, where's that tattoo from? You've already sparked a conversation with somebody who was awkward before then, you know? And now you're finding out about that person. It gives them a, a, almost like an, a, not an identity, they already have an identity, but a sense of comfort within their identity. Yeah, absolutely. So that long rabbit trail back to what you said about, you know, putting your personality and putting your stuff in your art. So it has changed and it's like, there's so much awesome that goes on into it now. It's like, I love where we're, I'm, where I'm at now and the path forward is going to be nuts, you know? Uh, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So with the show, I'm like, I don't even know what kind of roller coaster I've signed up for, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be a lot. It's crazy, man. Now, uh, <clears throat> when did you start your, your own shop, uh, Glassheart? Um, we opened Glassheart two years ago this October. It was, um, it's something I've kind of planned on doing for the years. I've never, it was one of the, it was one of those weird timing things, you know? Um, I've worked for, I think five or six shops in this area. I worked for two shops in Florida and I worked for the, the shop that I started at in Georgia. And it wasn't, it wasn't long after I began tattooing that I knew that I would love to have my own shop one day, just my own space to create and surround myself with people. But it's taken all this time. And I think that has to mesh with what I mentioned before about getting myself correct. Had I started a shop prior to my life now, I'm pretty sure it would have failed or been very disastrous and I wouldn't be sitting here today. I'd probably be in another state or wherever, you know? So I think there's like, I think there's a timeline and a thing that had to happen with me personally before I could do this successfully, you know, Things and have to align. be able to open it. Yeah. So we opened it up two years ago and it was on the, just the grounds of having a studio where people can come in, they can feel comfortable, they can feel welcomed and they can feel like they've been there before. You know, and that's what I told the guys that I work with. And, you know, we act the same way. It's like when the person walks in that door, I greet them like they've already been there because you're coming in. And my buddy brought this up the other day. He's like, after coming in for so much you know, and working in the industry, you forget it still is intimidating to walk into a tattoo shop, no matter how accessible it is. It's still weird to walk into a tattoo shop for some people. So if you greet them with a, what's up, dude, you know, like, how's your day? It's going to change their whole. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally drops their guard so they can calm down. They can be like, Hey, what's up? You know, like. How many people just walk in they just want to see the artwork or they just want to step in and talk about prices or they want to talk about products or do it a paint and it's like hey what's up man how's your day and they're like what wait me <laughs> you know it's like yeah you what's up man how you doing you know come on in you know so i feel like some people will be like just naturally intimidated yeah it's true in. Mm -hmm. yeah we get i mean we still get it all the time like you get people that stand there and they're awkwardly and if we're all tattooing i mean i don't i don't have a desk person right now because i just i just don't but if we're all tattooing we're sitting back there and they'll come in the door and like you know, I am, because I do own the shop, I try to greet and say hello and say goodbye to everybody that shows up. So, like, even if they're just in and I know they're in for another client, I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm like, oh, hey. You know, or, like, they'll say goodbye. And I'm like, all right, hey, guys, thanks for coming. You know, it's it's like it's like a family. Like, you're coming in for a product that I create. Mm -hmm. So why would I make it seem like, you know, you're inconveniencing my schedule? Like, there are days I kind of have, like, a resting, grumpy face, you know. <laughs> I sit there quietly. I look miserable. But 
in, in theory, I'm, I'm truly happy. So I'm like, I'm happy when people walk in the door. It's like, hey, what's up? How's you, it going? You want it to be comfortable. Exactly. You just want them to feel that immediate sense in the atmosphere that, oh, this is a place where I could be comfortable and just be mm-hmm. able to talk to you about what you know about what they want or you know. yeah i tell people anytime like even people i tattooed i'm like dude yeah come on back They're like no i'll be back i'm like even if you're not getting tattooed if you're in the area stop in say what's up come hang out for a while you know i got i got friends who just come and hang out for the day the whole time they help me with the desk or they'll answer phone calls or they'll just hang out and talk to people it's, i don't know it's awesome it's a really cool environment well, it seems like you and the shop uh, have a good reputation because, uh, you know, as soon as we posted that you were going to be on the show, we got comments all over the place, nice. you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram of people saying, oh, yeah, I love that guy. I love awesome. his shop. You know, I love the work that comes out of there, stuff like that, people showing off their the tattoos that you've gotten by them. I don't know if we have uh, those photos available that we could show up on the screen yeah, that'd be cool. of uh, some, of the, some that of the work that you've uh, <laughs> Come on, new guy! <laughs> <laughs> told you i give him a hard time <laughs> no that's that's awesome to hear you know because i just i even i was talking to the guys earlier and i was just saying i was like this show it's it's surreal like you know um my partner on the show talks to ryan from last year and you know he was saying he was talking to her and she's like oh you guys ready you know you ready for what's gonna happen and i'm like people are like dude you ready for it i'm like i really still don't i don't have a vibe like it's gonna get nuts <laughs> like i don't know if that's my idiocracy kicking in or something or whatever that word would be but i'm just like i don't think it's gonna get as crazy as it's gonna get and i feel like no matter sure. what like i because i would i would have that same mentality like if i was going to be on a reality show i would just be like i'm just going to be myself and open and honest yeah, and friendly and cool but then i also feel like once you're in an environment and then like there's cameras i feel like other people kind of like act a little different maybe. oh you gotta puff because, up yeah. yeah you're just yeah. like all right like now i gotta like really be myself yeah and, like, really, like, stand you gotta be myself. yourself times 10 and you don't know you know how you're gonna necessarily react to these situations because obviously you've never been in them before yeah you know and i mean not, not that i know personally but there's got to be some strings being pulled in certain ways or like just things that are kind of you want people to react to and yeah, like, oh, yeah. Sure. not like manipulative but just like fun kind of games and yeah. you know like a competition so you never really what's even crazy is still locally because even locally like like you were just saying like people come out of the woodwork so like oh that guy's awesome like that's very humbling to me because i still like i get excited to hear even locals like people like only want to do big tattoos and only do big projects and i mean as an artist you want to get to that area you want to get to the area where you can pick and choose what you do and make it awesome but it's still like I find, and back to like what we rabbit hold on earlier, it's like the smallest things, like the smallest of tattoos I've ever done. One of my, one of my, I tell people, okay, I'm, I'm gonna rabbit trail. Get ready, I'm gonna wander off. Okay, <laughs> um, I don't know if he's watching or not. He might be working. My buddy Dave has one of my favorite tattoos I've ever done so far in the last like 10 years. Simplest tattoo ever. Um, I won't go too deep in his story, but he does, he does have OCD. He's open about that. Um, so I asked him one day when I was in a, in a weird like thought process of creating cool art. And I asked him, I said, I said, with your issues, do you ever, um, do you, you told me one of your chicks was counting. And he's like, yeah. I said, do you have a certain number or a certain way that you do this? And he's like, yeah, I always start with my left hand. And I was like, do you have a number that you go to? Because most people that I've understood that have a tick, they have to check a certain amount of times before they can mm. call it quits. Right. So he told me, I think if I remember right, he told me his number was 16. And I was like, okay, well, I said, if it won't cause a fit, check my lamp. Like I have my lamp. And so he reached out and grabbed it. And I said, where are you looking? He goes right here. So I wrote XBI. And I tattooed XBI on his wrist. And I haven't talked to him in a while, so I'm, I'm not sure if it's still working. But I talked to him shortly afterwards a couple of times. And he said every time he would he would go into a fit and he would start to check, he would he would go to check and he would see the number. And the number would either, one, throw off his count because in his head mm-hmm. he, he would say 16. Or number two, it would see him because he wasn't too strong in the fit. And it would remind him, you're, you're about to go into a fit. And he'd pull his arm back. And I'm like... <laughs> that's awesome. That's probably... And I'm like, 
and back to what you're saying, like the smallest things, you know, and like, like to, simple therapeutic. Yeah. And to hear what you're saying, like I've got people, I, I'll tattoo their kid's name on them or I'll tattoo, you know, cancer ribbon or the traditional infinity symbol with some words in it, you know, and like, mm-hmm. or even the guys in the shop will go out of that. Like you said, they love the shop and like the guys at the shop do that stuff too. And it's, it's really awesome to hear that because without the local support, I won't, I wouldn't be where I am, you know? It's encouraging. It is. It absolutely is. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the people who are fans of me, as, as dumb as that sounds. And I'm not making that up, I promise. That's not celebrity talk. Like, you always hear celebrities like, oh, I love my fans. You know, like, yeah, right. You just shat on that kid, you know, like, <laughs> totally kicked him out of the corner. But I feel like in the art world, there's uh, such a gray area when it comes to standard of what's good or what's not good, yeah. you know? There's more garbage out there now. Yeah, like, it, but it's so easy for people to kind of, like, have, like, a... An well, opinion on it, you know, an, an uneducated opinion. Yeah, uh, anybody it. can put it up on the internet, right? Yeah, for critique either. But way. I do mm-hmm. think that people being receptive to your work, whether it's you know up to a standard of what's historically or traditionally like, mm-hmm. what qualifies high, good art, you know, yeah, what yeah. qualifies it as art traditionally, uh, just people being receptive to it and knowing that you're doing something that people are encouraging of and into, yeah. I think is. Uh, comforting in itself and success in itself yeah there's there's things about artwork like you said there's it's compared to what's good art compared to bad art um matt the guy that works at classic trilogy before he went up there to work with him he stopped at a convention i was at and he was like and i knew who he was because he had come to the shop and got tattooed he's like hey dude and i was like hey what's up he's like he's like you got time you want to go through my portfolio and i was like yeah i'll go through it i said I, i'm not going to tell you what i like art wise he's like i'm i'm only going to critique it on the elements of tattooing which is line work color pack mm-hmm. fades and use of color i'm not going to tell you if the imagery is good or not unless compositionally wise it's off and then it, you know i went through his portfolio and i showed him all the stuff that i could point out and i showed him my portfolio too and i said you know see i, I even have stuff in my portfolio on this 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 and this to let him know that i'm not just being a jerk mm-hmm. you know and then he asked me to do his art portfolio and i was like well art i said i can only, again same thing i can only tell you by the techniques i understand mm-hmm. and what i know of and i think that's that's my basis on good art is the technically applied things you right. know my my uh, buddy Devin and i were talking about it and uh he was talking about his teacher, I think it was, if I remember right, it was his teacher in college who was teaching him artwork. Master artists, like, can do whatever under the sun, but he po- his art that goes into art shows is, like, simple stripes and a couple colors. And, like, mm-hmm. Picasso, for instance, like, people always say, oh, Picasso's art is crap. And I'm like, Picasso is a master painter. If he had to do a portrait realistic, he would have. Mm-hmm. He chose to do, and this is what me and my buddy talked about, is, like, those artists choose to do what they do because they can. And... They could do whatever walks under the sun, but they, this is their expression of them. Mm-hmm. And again, that stems back to so many different outlets we can wander off on and <laughs> get lost in. But yeah, like good art is good art because it's good, not just because it's easy to look at. There's a lot right. of stuff that's great to look at that's crap. You know? Right. So, so for people who haven't seen uh, the previews for the next season of Ink Master, what rock are you under? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, this is getting like you know two million viewers at this. It's point. The age of the internet, man. No, I'm just kidding. So it's a, it's a little well, it different is. because everybody's competing in teams this time. Yes. Uh, so uh, they're calling it Shop Wars. So each shop is against another shop. So uh, you're working with uh, Tom, uh, Tom Bolman, who yes. you uh, mentioned earlier from Classic Trilogy mm-hmm. Tattoos in New York. Yes. So how did you start working with him, and, and how did that lead into uh, this relationship that's on the show? Uh, I met Tom actually before I even started working there. I worked at Town Hall Tattoo in the mall for three years. And uh, Tom had been working there since that, that shop opened. Mm. So I met him prior to working there when I would just venture in and kind of talk to the guys here and there. And me and him got, we met online and we we're going to swap art, which we still haven't changed yet. We're going to do <laughs> painting for painting and still hasn't happened. <clears throat> All right. Um, 
but yeah, I started working with him, and we worked together for about two, two to three years there. And then uh, he went home to New York, where he's from. He worked for another guy, and then ended up opening up his own studio. I left Town Hall to open up my studio, and um, he called me up one day, and he's like, "So, I'm going on Ink Master, and they're looking for, you know, it's gonna be shop versus shop." He's like, "You want to go on with me?" And I was like, "Yeah, let me run it by my lady and make sure we can <laughs> we can do this." And um, so we started we started talking, and we went on the show, and. That's one of the, the things that a lot of the viewers will notice. I got, I've already got, gotten, like, confusion about it. They're like, don't you own Glass Heart? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, do you live in New York now? And I'm like, right. no. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guest artist at Classic Trilogy, which means I go up there randomly, you know, time to time. And I do tattoos there as well. So we were there as a team together. Um, I went up there with him. And it, I don't know. It's pretty fun. Like, Tom's, Tom's a dopey, goofy dude, you know, just like me. And I said in the video, like, we're, we're very similar. We're on different pages, and that's pretty much what it is. Like, we're both dorks and nerds in our own right. The only main thing we have in common is that we both have asthma and really bad allergies, you know. <laughs> we love movies, but different genres of movies. We love music, way different genres of music. Yeah. And uh, we just love fun, happy images, you know, like things that make you excited, you know. And that's, I don't know, it works out really well. Uh, he definitely described it as a nerd shop, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. And and with cra classic trilogy, I assume Star Wars yeah. is where the uh, name comes you're, from. You're the first person that I've heard talking to me that got that. What? Yes. How is that possible? Most people, unless you unless you know Star Wars or you know Tom being a Star Wars nerd, like yeah. Um, for instance, on this, oh, I can't go into that. Never mind. Um, no, I can go to this one. Like people were talking about the shop. And like classic trilogy, what is that? I said it's a classic trilogy. I'm like, what do you mean? I said he's a sci-fi nerd. They're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, he has Star Wars tattoos on his entire body. They're like, that's cool. And I'm like, okay. The shops are <laughs> reference to classic trilogy, Star Wars, the original trilogy, the one dead set in the center that started it all. Oh, I'm like, there's a Death Star in the logo. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. But no, his uh, <clears throat> his shop um, for the younger viewers, they won't understand this because they weren't around. But KB Toys. Yep. If you ever went into a KB toy store, uh, half my room is from put, KB toys. <laughs> some put a tattoo, put a tattoo booth in the center of KB toys. Yeah, that's Tom Shop. <laughs> Sounds really fun. Yeah, I joke around with them all the time. I was like, I was like, so the reason you actually opened a shop is because you had another kid and you had to put all your Star Wars memorabilia from the room into <laughs> yeah. a building. So yeah. why not just tattoo out of it? You know, but it's really true. It's the shop. There's um, what has he got? Two two old school stand up video game consoles now. Wow. The lobby's always playing wrestling. His room's always playing Star Wars and sci-fi nerd movies. And then the other the other tattoo room is like usually music and there's like a giant Millennium Falcon hanging from the ceiling. There's <laughs> a full-size Kylo Ren outfit. There's trooper buckets everywhere. There's it's ridiculous. His it brings back to like the experience like that you're going to have it is. like it when you really go to like, a specific place. Like you're going to remember that. Yeah, like you come you, know? you come into Glass Art and there's like art on the walls. Like we're more about art, which is totally fine. Like I got a lot of traditional flash on the wall. Um, all the artists here, we have all our paintings on the walls and like stuff like that. So it's really about the arts and his is about the art, but it's also about the toys and the, the thing that make him tick, you know, the thing that makes mm -hmm. us all tick inside is our inner child. So you go there, you really feel like an inner child, like every corner you turn, I don't know how he's done it, but he's literally put crap everywhere. Like <laughs> we're running stencils, staring at Kylo Ren and we turn and there's Boba Fett and like you go into the back room and you're getting attacked by, you know, TIE fighters and all that other stuff. And it's, I don't know, it's crazy. If you look him up, man, he's got a torso piece of a Vader helmet with a snake, and the snake's head is a trooper's mask. Wow. <laughs> he's got Darth Maul, Daruma ball on his head, and he's got a Yoda Daruma ball on, his, on the back of his skull, and he's got two lightsabers coming out, and 
I don't know, man. I tell people, I said, I've never seen a Star Wars nerd that big. I've seen some big <laughs> Star Wars nerds, you know? But it's nuts. But he's cool. It's a fun place to be. Now, did, did you or Tom have to go through any kind of audition process or anything? Um, I plead the fifth. I'm not sure if I can legally talk about all that. But, mm. yeah, there's an there's a application process. And there's a casting and all that. Like, I can talk about it. Like, there is a casting because they advertise it on the website sure. casting for the next season so there is a casting process to go through I can't really go into too much details on that was it something that you would have considered before being asked I actually tried out for season three I went to a casting call in Brooklyn I think it was mm. for season three but it wasn't my time apparently so did you know Ryan before the show I don't know Ryan personally I know of Ryan okay. um, she actually I think when I was working in another shop in the area she considered apprenticing there under the owners there um, but then she ended up going with Nick, I don't know if she talked about who she apprenticed under, but she went with the person she went with. Um, I knew of her art, and then through Lars's photography, you know, that would pop up oh, in everybody's yeah, yeah. feed. She was one of Lars's models, so I would see her stuff there, and I would see her art, you know, pop up on different feeds. So I don't know her personally, but I've seen her artwork, and you know, I'm impressed by what she does. It's really good art. It's wild to have two super talented people from the same area. Yeah, and then you got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about her and Josh and, <laughs> and stuff right now. I'm just kidding. No, it's, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I was just asked recently, um, you know, the, the Citizen's Voice article, they talked about it, and they were like, you know, how do you feel about, like, the talent in this area? And it's really true. I'm, I'm not from here, so I don't have a view that it seems like a lot of people have of this area, you know. And I tell people all the time, no matter where you go, you're always going to run into somebody like, why would you move to this shithole, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you get that everywhere. It's really not that bad. You know, this place is beautiful. Like, if you actually step out and you put your eyesight above the buildings. Mm -hmm. Like, my lady and I were driving around the other day, and she's like, you almost forget how beautiful this place is when you really look around. Like, granted, it's a giant fishbowl valley thing, but, like, we're outside hiking all the time. There's waterfalls. There's mm -hmm. hiking trails. There's so much beauty outside. We try to address that all the time. Seriously, right? All the time. Like, we did it. Uh, we talked about it last week. Just yep. people get into this mentality uh, to be negative about living here or, like, mm -hmm you know, focus on some negative story or, like, one person yep. that doesn't look, like, up to their standards that's walking downtown. Seriously. And then they, like, turn that into a visual yep. reality that that's just not necessarily take, true. Take, for instance, going downtown. I mean, if you're going to walk downtown here, Wilkes-Barre, it's not even the biggest place. It's currently under construction, but even the old construction, like, the old buildings, like, like stare at old buildings all day long. Like that's, that's cool. It's, it's an like artisan cool craft. It's what yeah. we do, you know? Like, we're artisans, and we can respect other artisans. Like, mm -hmm. other people are like, oh, it's just an old building. Like, all those campus houses... Granted, you know, sorry if your college kids are watching, but you guys disrespect them, you know? Yeah. It's true, you talk to the landlords, but those college houses, like, even the most mediocre college house down there is beautiful to it's look cool. at, you know, architecturally. Historic. So I was, I was talking about the area, and I'm like, you know, Ryan was on the show, I'm on the show. To my understanding, there was a, somebody was just telling me there was a food truck from this area that competed recently on some show and got, like, second place or something. There's, there's been a few. Yeah, and then, I mean, on top of come the, from this area. the food truck, there was a chef that just placed on a show somewhere. Not to mention the bands, too. I was going to say, so there's, what, five, six bands, bands yeah. now? You got Motionless, you got the Menzingers, you got Title Fight, you got Breaking Ben. Tiger's Jaw. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you got all the, you got all this stuff, and this is what I, this is what I said in the, in the article, too. I mean, I say here, it's like, it's something that we challenge people to all the time. Like, people talk to me, or they talk to my wife, or they talk to, like, my crew, and it's like, get out like literally get out like mm -hmm. open the door to your house and go walk in any direction for an hour and you're going to end up seeing something you haven't seen like you got to get out of the car get out in front of the tv and literally go do some stuff like mm -hmm. people find it weird i don't know if it's as weird anymore with the rise of like hulu and netflix and stuff but like mm -hmm. i have a tv that sits on my living room that just collects dust it's there for in case like yeah. it's my <laughs> in case something happens you know like 
and people find it weird like you don't have cable i'm like no it's a stupid waste of money for me like why it's am i gonna pay that much money it's a huge expense yeah and it's like i'd rather like we go outside we go hiking we go play in the water like mm-hmm. where we're, we go hiking and we literally there was one time we were at uh was it hickory run state park and we were by the falls one of the falls there so many people were just like we want to enjoy our time the only way to get away from them was to literally walk in the river so we literally got in the river my son included little eight-year-old kid walked in the river so awesome beautiful yeah. day and like people are like oh it's so dumb and stupid but it's like it seriously is it's crazy exercise it's beautiful it's physical you're outdoors fresh air so i tell everybody in the area you know like <coughs> you have to challenge yourself you have to step outside this box like from an outsider's perspective there's there's sadly a bunch of oppression in the area because of the history of the steel mill and the coal mining mm-hmm. you know falling off generational families who have dealt with the the tough end of that stick and uh, you know i can i can sympathize with that but it sitting and wallowing in negativity is not going to get anywhere you know right, we right. all go through negative stuff we all go through motivational depression and then my wife and i were actually just talking about it this morning um when we got married our pastor told us he was like this is the second most geographically depressed area behind uh seattle portland because of the way we're arranged there's no direct sunlight there's no moving body of water <coughs> and there's no changing of the seasons. so you already geographically have challenges here and then I saw it, it was, they call it the sad seasonal affective disorder or something. Right. And it's people deal with it. And it's like, it's year round. We got nine months of winter and a month of spring, two months of fall, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you have to physically challenge yourself to get out and do some stuff to, to get a better mentality about what's going on here. And I think once people, once you can start doing that, you can see how awesome this place mm-hmm. has potential to be, you know? People always fail to experience the environment around them mm-hmm. and it's just it blows my mind and a big thing turn off the news stop watching the news yeah, except I'll when i'm on it i'll be too. actually yeah stop watching it until i'm on it watch, <laughs> watch until i go on it next tuesday after that stop watching right but like seriously the news is a it's a fear machine and that's just feeding people shit yeah and they're staying in their house scared of everything and they like, eat it up like it's horrible like, it's, like i see people eat up the news articles around here more than i feel like i've not that i have many experiences you know interacting with people how they uh, absorb the media but mm-hmm. people around here are so it's like they have an addiction to to negative media sometimes. yeah and i don't want to paint a picture that anybody who's watching from the area or anybody who has friends where like i don't want to paint a picture that i don't like people in the area because i do i generally enjoy people yeah. i generally do but it's the negative outlook like i want to challenge people like seriously stop like people like oh god another kid died of heroin and i'm like what are you doing to help? Right. What are you dumping into the youth? What are you dumping into your family? You what are you dumping into that? your friends? Like, you know, it's it's weird. It's it's almost a mentality like you got to take with your kid. Like, when my, I'm I'm still trying to learn as a dad how to influence my kid. Like, I got to change myself for my for my kid to get better. You know, and it's like I deal with struggles with my kid. And I'm I, I try to be a better dad, and it's like you just even have to think like, how do I adjust for this? And you can relate that to people too. Mm-hmm. Like, you want a better relationship with somebody. Change your perspective, you know, mm-hmm. ask questions, talk to them like you legitimately want to hear what they have to say. And I don't know, it's, it can be very motivational. We're, we're going off topic here. Yeah. Come on, new guy, get me back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> now, did, did Brian, being from the area, did that have <coughs> uh, any effect on, like, you feel like if she could do it, I, I could do it too, you know? Um, I, I didn't compare myself to that. I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm glad somebody went on from this area. That's really cool. It sucks the shadow that was cast because she won. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ryan Ashley wins. You know, she owns this. She owns that. Her boyfriend's this. They have this. And I'm like, hi. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a lonely dude just operating a shop, hanging out with my family, you know. <laughs> but, no, it was cool. It was good that um, 
it's good that somebody was here to recognize. So as soon as I got there, people knew where I was from. Like, hey, isn't that where Ryan's from? Yeah, we were up there. We drove her home or whatever. So mm. it was cool that they recognized where we were from. It helped out with, you know, a couple things here and there. So but I was like, of course, I have to join a show that somebody from here was on <laughs> and won. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. At all, you know, so... So uh, what are what are the uh, what are the hosts like behind the scenes? Uh, the They're pretty guys? chill. I mean, yeah, it's a common question. Everybody's like, "What's Dave Navarro like?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't work with him." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they got and I I don't know what I can go super deep into, but I mean, even Dave talks about it on his website. Like he ta- he puts tweets up or he puts posts up and <clears throat> people follow him. He's like, "Yeah, we do our we do our scene and then we go watch movies. You know, we go eat <laughs> lunch or we go sleep. You know, like so they do what they got to do, like any production. You know, yeah, and they sure, move yeah. on. Yeah, but when you talk to him, man, they're super super chill. Like Dave's a Dave's a Star Wars fan, so he kind of he kind of jumped on that shtick when we were talking. And Chris is super cool, man. Like he was really friendly and really nice to everybody. Oliver's a, a he's funny too, you know. We had a we had a laughing joke because one of the contestants, Dane, um, can laugh the same way Oliver laughs. So <laughs> you get the whole <laughs> like that. It's like an Oliver laugh you'll hear on TV. So Dane would do it every now and then and mess with us. So, so when's the premiere? Uh, show kicks off Tuesday, this Tuesday, upcoming Tuesday, June 6th. June 6th. Yeah, 10 p.m. Only on Spike. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we add, like, a little, like, like, uh, <laughs> little audio? Gleam in my tooth, yeah. Like a little jingle or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, Spike TV, 10 p.m. It's late for some people, so set it to your TiVo. Watch it on YouTube the day after, but you don't get the judgments on YouTube, I don't think, unless you could buy the episodes. Mm-hmm. I think Amazon has it, Hulu has it. If, I just saw somebody comment, if you watch it on Hulu... Don't watch it online. Don't follow the page online if you're going to watch it on Hulu because apparently online gives away the answers before Hulu shows the episode. I don't yeah, know how that works. Right. Again, I don't have TV. Probably have a delay. Yeah. Now, there was a little bit of a preview that came out today yeah. uh, that showed the first Flash challenge, yep, which first was 10 minutes. really different. Yeah. Uh, it was ice carving. Ice sculpting. Yeah. Yeah. No so, chainsaws, though. <laughs> now, was What'd that something use? that you used the picks? Yeah, we had to use, oh hand, we had to use hand picks, mallets, and... Um, I can't call well I can call it a Dremel here because you're independent but uh Dremel like a Dremel machine with a bit like a screwdriver with like crazy bits mm. yeah, so ice sculpting yeah now what uh have you ever done anything like that before nope. <laughs> never <laughs> so how did you even begin to approach that uh I think we pretty much just took the chisels and started hacking away <laughs> like the idea like I've done I've done work with clay when I was real little so I mean I had a general idea about how shaping things works um Tom has done digital sculpting and like toys stuff online so we kind of had a general idea about how stuff like that works mm. but um yeah it was interesting man because you're in a you're in a an arena it's like an ice arena so it's probably it was probably like 20 degrees in there but <laughs> side note if you watch we're the only team not wearing the full snowsuits we literally just wore the jackets because we're from up north so <laughs> everybody's like it's so cold and i'm like this is every day man <laughs> you know so yeah it was cool and we were we were kind of fumbling back and forth on some ideas and what we were going to do because if when you watch the video it says you have to make an ice sculpture that represents your shop and we're like well right. what, what better way to kick it off than you know sci-fi nerd stuff and <laughs> you know obviously for for reasons you can't do licensed artwork so i was like let's just make a robot you know i mean it's a big square block of ice so, yeah it seems like a simple approach. yeah let's just use the approach yeah simple sure <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I do it all the time. You got four hours. Time starts now. Oh, crap. You know, it takes us an hour to think of what we want to do and then another hour to figure out how to do it. But, no, it was super fun, man. It was uh, it was really cool. The challenges are nuts. Any any challenge you get put up to, I don't know how much was talked about when Ryan was here, but sure, it is crazy. So crazy. Like, here's your timeline. Here's something you've never done before. Good luck. So... 
I feel like I would hit it like once and it would all just shatter. <laughs> I actually broke ours. See, like I feel like that's what <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a faux pas and um <clears throat> yeah, we were hacking away at something and I'm hacking away and I'm like and I was like crap and he's like what? And I'm like I think I broke it. He's like where? I'm like right there. He's like oh, let's just keep going. So I just kept going and then <laughs> crack and I was like Yep, we broke it. So we had to think on the spot, like, how am I going to do this? So when you see our robot, you see the hand forward. Yeah, yeah. The hand was originally supposed out. to be like this, uh, holding a tattoo machine, <laughs> until I broke him right there. <laughs> Oops. Still so. turned out pretty good. Yeah. I, it, I didn't it, even see that. I have you, to you check, have to check it, it just came out today. Yeah. So. There's a still frame. If you go to my uh, my Facebook page or my Instagram page, there's a still frame of it, you know, from the, the critique section. You can see the robot standing next to us. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'll totally have to check that out. It was fun, though. I was like, great. Now I'm going to get home. People are like, I got a birthday party. You want to ice sculpt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. So I, I know you can't talk about much else. So what, what can what can you say about your experience or uh, your your uh, approach going into this? Uh, overall, yeah, overall it was super rad. I mean, obviously I, I went into it and I told him, I was like, let's just go win everything. You know, like <laughs> overly confident. I'm like, just get in there and just aim to win everything. Like, let's win all the flash challenges. Let's just do the best tattoos we can. And we set that standard. And then, you know, we have worked together. We've never collaborated on tattoos, but we have worked together. So we know how to bounce ideas off one another. So our goal, our plan going into it was just like, let's just let's just do what we do. You know, let's just tattoo the way we tattoo. And I'm confident in my lines. He's confident in his, you know, lines and colors and stuff. And I'm confident in my colors. So it's like, when you're confident in your work, let's just put out good work. Mm -hmm. You know, and then obviously you get there and... <laughs> they throw you for those loops? Yeah, it's like, here's a bunch of challenges. <laughs> so here's a timeline. Here's a subject matter. Here's this. Here's that. You know, um, it, was, it was awesome, though. Like, the experience is amazing. And... To everybody sitting on the couch, you're wrong. It's not that easy. You, right yeah. there. Yeah, I, I love how people are I'll like... point at both of them, you know, but <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I even watch it. Like, I watch from the sides, and I'm like, dude, you're doing a pinup. You do pinups all the time. What's the problem? And <laughs> now I know. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's super challenging. It's a lot of fun. It's very stressful, and it's, I've never really ever done anything like it, and there's, like, a joke going around with the cast. It's like, it's crack for tattooers. Like, <laughs> you start doing it, and you're not sure if you're going to do it right, but then once you get doing it, you realize how crappy it can be. And then, like, you get done, and you're like, wow, I can't wait for tomorrow. You know, like, what am I thinking? So it was super fun, and it was it was a blast, man. And the challenges are nuts. The tattoos are nuts. And I think this season is way different because of the team factor. And I know they're really pushing that and saying it, but it, it really is because tattooing, you tattoo by yourself, and people bring it up. Like, we, I tattoo by me. You know, that's it. I'm in charge of me. I'm in charge of the art. Mm -hmm. I'm subject to what my client wants, but outside of that, I'm doing the whole process. And in this, it's like, I'm doing the process with somebody. So now you have two brains thinking their own way, trying to work together to think that way, right. trying to match what the judges want, trying to match what you're going to get critiqued on, trying to match the subject, trying to right. fit in the timeline. And there's a whole bunch of other curveballs that are going to happen that I'm pretty sure people are going to watch and be like, what? You know, like, <laughs> there's going to be things you're going to see that you probably haven't seen in any other episode that it's going to be really interesting to see. So, um, and I haven't, I haven't seen any of it. I haven't seen any of the edits nothing you know i'm in the dark just like everybody else so it's gonna be fun the way to see it. it's cut and spliced and pieced together should be a good time cool. tuesday so. nights at 10 on spike <laughs> <laughs> they should just have you do that too like i know it should be a little bumper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hashtag we'll uh we'll read some uh, some comments so if you haven't commented and you haven't asked any questions please do so now uh this is your last chance uh before we uh wrap Running up out here. of time already what so time is it? uh 
Tom, uh, Tom who uh, is is your uh, partner on the show, that says uh, is he commenting? Says tell tell Derek, even though I'm not watching myself on the show, I'm still watching. Quote, quote. <laughs> uh, Tom. Michelle Zelinsky says uh, Dylan says hi, Dad. You're doing awesome. Aww. That's my wife. <laughs> hi, buddy. Uh, He's so excited about all this. I'll let you back to that, but yeah, he is thrilled. He, uh, I, I, I'd imagine. Yeah, we, um, uh, he didn't know I was going on the show. I was, we were going to tell oh, him. Oh, okay. So when I left, we were going to tell him they were going on the show. He had just started watching um, Kids Baking Challenge, <laughs> and he was also watching cup, like Kids Cupcake Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And of course, in Baking Challenge, they won a $10,000 prize, and on another baking show, they won a $100,000 prize. So the first words out of his mouth after watching those shows, Daddy, you should go tattoo for $100,000. And I'm like... Well, we can't tell you I'm going on a show. <laughs> so fast forward when I got when I got back and they, they released the first trailer. Mm. Um, my wife brought him to the shop and I was like, dude, you want to see something? He's like, okay. And he loves when we play videos on our phone. So I turned the video on, I sat it down, I turned it up and he watched it the whole time. And he was like, there's like a point if you watch it, my wife posted, I don't know if you can find it anymore. She posted and he's like, and he like gets real quiet for a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. He told my wife in the car, and we'll get back to questions. Sorry, I'm rambling. Um, he told my wife in the car that he almost cried. He was oh, so happy. He was so excited. He's so proud. He's eight years old. That's like awesome. what eight year old you know is that excited? Like I'm, I'm so motivated by him. But anyway, back to comments. That's that's, awesome. that's the, the best reaction video oh, so you can nuts. imagine. <laughs> so nuts, man. He's so cool. So yeah. He's hyped. And he's been excited. He's he's like he was in the photo shoot for the Citizens Voice in the back corner. It was really rad. He loves to be around it. So. <laughs> he's proud of me, and he's only eight, so I'm super excited, you know? That's awesome. That's got to be a great feeling. It is. It's nuts. It makes you know you're doing something right. <laughs> uh, Ryan Zelensky says, what's up, Roham? It's my brother. Uh, Naomi uh, Lindbergh says, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I'm watching a celebrity. Go, Derek. Stop it. <laughs> not a celebrity. Mary Quite Contrary. I'm assuming that's not your real name, but that's okay. <laughs> awesome, informative interview. Uh, looking forward to checking out on Ingmaster. Good luck. Yeah, thanks, Mary. And uh, Heather uh, Rosini says, uh, My wife's sister. What do you find most of your, cl- uh, where, do you, where do you find most of your clients come from? Word of mouth or marketing? Actually, yeah. Um, word of mouth is the biggest thing right now. And it, it's funny because I have, I have business people in my family and I have business people in her family and I have business clientele and they're always trying to say, oh, you should do this and do this and this. And I said, dude, tattooing, advertising for tattooing is not like tattooing anything. It's not like anything else. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a whole weird demographic. The tattoos speak for themselves, you know. Right. Think about anybody and you ever seen with a tattoo and if, you, if you're impressed, what's the first thing you ask? You're like, where can where I find their advertisement that? on TV? No. <laughs> no. Who did that? Where did that where come did you from? That? You know, so that... Word of mouth is the best advertisement, and I go through business cards like crazy. Like every client I tattoo, I hand them a stack of cards. I'm here, pass these out. Hmm. You know, business cards, stickers, T-shirts, and word of mouth are the best for tattoo industry that I've found. Everything else is, eh, you know. So, and plus I live in a fishbowl, so word just spirals. <laughs> it doesn't go this way; it just goes this way. Yeah, so, that's pretty, true. It's yeah. a small, small town. <laughs> it is. So I mean, you do some good stuff, and you get it out there, and you can override everything. So. Mm-hmm. Next question. Uh, Let's Hi, Heather. See. Doug Chapman says, uh, why are you so incredibly good looking? <laughs> <laughs> Doug. He's in Texas right now. I don't know, she's Doug. watching all the way from Texas. Doug, you can thank Michelle for that one. <laughs> she, she, she uh, yeah, I already went over that. Oh, this is a good question from go. uh, 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 Crystal. Uh, she says, uh, could Tara talk about how uh, accessible vegan-friendly tattoo products are in the industry. Oh, yeah. You, you, uh... I do, yeah. We, my wife and I are whole food vegetarian or vegan lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. That's a whole other interview. I'll have to come back. 
tell these guys to have me back again. <laughs> we'll go over everything. <laughs> um, no, actually, vegan products are a lot more rampant in the industry now than they have ever been. Um, mm. From everything from the pigments we use to the aftercare we use to most of the products. Um, as an environmentally conscious person, I do hate a lot of things about the tattoo industry that I kind of have to do for sanitation reasons, like using plastics and things and... like that. Yeah, everything I use in my shop, minus like two products, is vegan, and one I just found out recently. Um, so I'm trying to find the vegan alternative to it. Um, but it's nothing that touches, like nothing right. that is intrusive on the human. Um, and the only other thing I'd never promise is vegan is my uh, my cleaner, my after tattoo cleaner, and that has to kill everything all the way up to like tuberculosis and hepatitis. So right. I can't <laughs> promise that's not been tested on animals. But for your safety, I have to use it because I haven't found a vegan equivalent. Mm -hmm. So, is there a big price difference for vegan products? No, mm -hmm. everything—it's almost standard now. It's all natural. Yeah, it's, yeah. Most most of the pigments nowadays are made from you know vegetable and mineral based things like that. So all the pigments are natural, you know, things made in nature. They're not really plastics or mercury or mm -hmm. all that other nonsense that has the old stigma. So, yeah, come get tattooed. We use all vegan products. That's awesome. Uh, Remy says, uh, feel, feels weird to see you there, buddy, but it's also a good thing. Is it R-E-M-I? Yes. You know where he's coming from? Hmm. France. Wow. He was cool. an exchange. Remy, what's up, man? If you're still watching, if it's the one I'm thinking of, he's, uh, he was a French exchange student. My wife and I hosted about three or four years ago. Dude, super cool. Nice. Super cool. He's really quiet. He was really shy. It was awesome. Remy, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> he was really quiet, really shy. It was really rad. But then he, uh, he actually, he posted this, uh, this power rant. And it was super cool to read it. And then at the very end, he, like, thanked my wife and him. He's like, you know, this was inspired by two super motivational people, Derek and Michelle. You know, thanks for thanks for having me. And we were, my wife and I were just blown away because we are like, man, was he scared of us? Like, was it, But he was really, he was a super cool dude. Really That's chill. awesome. Yeah. So what's up, Remy? Naomi says, uh, you better not leave any PA now, now that you're a movie star <laughs> or reality star. Oh, the celebrity stuff is terrible. <laughs> um, I make no promises about moving because I don't plan that far ahead. My wife and I have entertained the idea about eventually moving someday. We don't know. We got a lot of stuff going on, so I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. But I can't promise I won't ever move away. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says you're you're good, humble, and family oriented, so uh, you're paving the way. Thank you. I try to be. And uh, Dave uh, Sartar says, uh, "Good luck. I hope you you win. Uh, where do you tattoo at? Which uh, we we've plugged before, but we we should plug it again." New guy, get it on the screen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Glass Heart Tattooing and Arts in Plains, Pennsylvania. Um, if you know where the JD Shoes is in the Turkey Hill, there's a plug. Pay me. No. Um, in Plains, it's on East Cary Street. It's right down the hill. If you're if you're at Turkey Hill, sitting at the red light, looking at JD Shoes, you will see a giant sign that says tattoo. And then my windows have the words tattoo. They're like 18 inches tall. You can't miss it. And if you miss it, just spin around. You'll find it. So, Cool. Well, um, is there anything else you want to mention about the show before we uh, close out? Spike TV, Tuesday nights at 10. <laughs> no. It's going to be fun. Um, I'll be watching along with everybody else. Uh, my wife and I are hosting a viewing gathering. I don't want to call it a party. Um, Tuesday, this, this upcoming Tuesday uh, at Parsons Family Diner in uh planes it's on river street next to the weiss mm -hmm. so i mean anybody that's available i, I don't know if i should be plugging it now <laughs> but either way if you want to come and watch some tv with us you know that's where we're going to be if you're not you can watch it afterwards i think they show it you know back to back once or twice yeah um and then tuesday nights i believe planes pub right across the street from the shop will be hosting it as well not it's not like a party but they'll be playing it on a, a couple televisions because i told them about it and they're super excited and i might be there every other tuesday or something we'll see Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I put my posts up. The shop's on Facebook. 
I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Every social anxiety network. I think. <laughs> so mainly, mainly Facebook and Instagram is what I use. I do have a Twitter. I will not promise you I will be active on it because I still don't understand it. I don't know how it all works. So yeah. apparently, neither does the president. So. <laughs> Seriously, right? I did it. I did it because I know it. It works good for the show and it's good for promo and having conversations with clients. So I'm gonna try and do Twitter. Um, I hope I do it right. But if not, find me on Instagram and Facebook and uh, come get tattooed. If, even if it's not by me, just come hang out. Come say what's up. Cool. You know, shop's open. Well, sort of. <laughs> and uh, uh, Steffi says that uh, you're you're an awesome tattoo artist. Uh, she still gets compliments on her fur baby tattoo. I know you specialize. It seems like you, you oh, do yeah. a lot of dogs. Yeah. You're I'm, a dog fan. I beca- yeah. I was, I'm not pigeonholed as the dog guy, but I do a ton of dog portraits. And I think that, that steps back. I don't, wanna, I don't know how much time we got left. That steps back. My wife and I... Um, we ran a Pitbull Education and Rescue Group in oh, the okay. area for about five years. So I, I picked up a huge network of dog lovers. And I love it, man. Bring me bring me anything. And, you know, do it. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Just remind me who she was. Hi, Steph. Um, but, yeah, the, the dog portrait thing, I do a lot of them. And I do them all different ways. I do, I've done stylized. I've done photo replications. So, mm-hmm. yeah, dogs are big appeal. Dogs are kids to people who don't have kids. Or kids yeah. to people who have kids and like their dogs better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's all the time we have. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and and uh, if you, if you uh, caught the, end, the tail end of the show, as soon as this is over, uh, the whole show will be available on Facebook. And then Friday we'll have uh, it also on YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, pretty much anywhere you can consume the audio and video version. Uh, it'll also be on our website, nepacene.com. So uh, thank you very much for uh, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you here next Wednesday for a brand new episode. And thank you so much uh, to, for for uh, coming on, Derek. Always. I really appreciate yeah. it. Anytime I come back, I love it. Bring me back. <laughs> Seriously, tell them. Bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See have you guys a good next night. week. Adios.